Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. I'm your host, Robin Leonio, joined by Carl Pavlik. Uh, as we break down Arizona's 7-4 to four loss to the St. Louis Blues, the home opener. Uh, you know what's, what sucks, Carl, is I'd, I'd have to say that uh, before we actually get started, I'm going to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Um, but... I have to tell you this, that this doesn't surprise me. No, no, it really doesn't. It's not a surprising... Well, let me say this. It's a bit surprising that the Coyotes lost. I don't think it's surprising they lost. Or I think it's a little bit surprising they lost uh, 7-4. Yeah, um, I think... Well, here's the thing. And you know that I made the bet. You know, I said, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to make a bet, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the Coyotes, it's going to be the, the Blues are going to cover the spreads. They're going to win by two or more, and it's going to go over. I didn't think the Blues were going to score seven goals. <laughs> yes. Let alone, I didn't think they were going to score four or five goals in five minutes. Yeah. It, it was a, like, the Coyotes did pretty well this game, I thought, except for a just over five-minute collapse in the second period where they seem to just have everything go wrong. Um, so, yeah, we discussed betting on it. This was, I think, honestly, a tough game to bet because neither of us predicted a 7-4 loss to the Blues, but still, like, it was a brutal loss, um, and the Coyotes are going to need to find a way to rebound eventually because they have not yet no they they have not yet this was their third straight loss um second second loss of the season in regulation um and let's just say the beginning yeah just like you said the beginning was good like they had they started off um who's it that scored first it was uh keller clayton keller on the power play like just Pinko on the power play and then honestly uh, really good goal like wide open net Keller in perfect position he, it, second goal on the power play like two goals in three games for Clinton Keller is honestly like really good from what we've come to expect so uh, I'm kind of like glad that he's at least performing well yeah and I knew this was going to be competitive too so I knew that the Blues were going to just like easily respond back which they did I think it was uh uh, Butch Nevich, who got it back right away. Uh, um, yes, that's correct. Yeah. He, and then he and, was tossed from the game he, at the end of the first. He was, <laughs> he was tossed from the game just like, yeah, at the end of the first, so not not too far after. For uh, It was not just a game as conduct, but a match penalty yeah. for headbutting Lawson Krause. Which, let's, let's talk about that, because I feel like that could be an entire show. Like, when I... <laughs> yeah. When I think of a player headbutting another, I think forehead to forehead or like forehead to nose. Lawson Krause is six foot four. He was headbutted in the chin. Like, how does that happen? Like, 
That's just not something you see every day. Like, no one gets headbutted in the chin. Uh, still just an insanely dangerous thing to do. Like, I don't know what he was thinking in that moment. And it's honestly, like, really unfortunate. Because when you see a, like, a ridiculously undefendable penalty like that, like, that team should lose the game. Uh, and the Coyotes got the resulting match penalty. They did nothing on it. Like, there was a, a cross, cross, ah, that's tough to say. It was a Lawson Kraus cross check, which uh, resulted in two minutes of four on four, three minutes of major power play time. Coyotes got nothing done during that. It was yeah. terrible. Like, that was the most disappointing thing of this game. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you, uh, the Coyotes power play was looking somewhat promising to start off. It's like, oh, you know, they're getting, you know, they're getting opportunities to doing this. And then you get a major. Obviously, it's not a full, full five minutes, but it's, you know, you still get a decent amount of time off of it and you don't do anything off of it. Yeah. Especially just, off a play like that. Yeah. I'm just reminded of the Los Angeles Kings win over the New Jersey Devils. Uh for the Stanley Cup, like, years ago, 2011, like, they got a major, and they, like, made the New Jersey Devils play. I think they had three power play goals in that major because it doesn't stop once you score. Like, unlike a regular power play, a major just keeps going. So the Coyotes could have, like, really, like, killed the Blues right there, like, early second period. They didn't and they're going to need to find a way to make things work on the power play. Not only did they not, it was like, well, let's say a couple of minutes later after that was done, um, that's when Lawson Krause got his goal. But then, yep. after, then it was like almost right away, uh, Barbashev, and it was just, yeah. then then, it, then the floodgates broke open. Then St. Louis just went for Zerk. Yeah. Uh, I actually just finished the recap on Five for Howling, so it's all very fresh in my head, both watching and writing about it. There was a Blues power play on a Andrew Ladd trip, which I get it. Like you, you let the Blues tie things up on the power yeah. play. You need to be able to shake that off, um, and I think that, like so far has been an issue for the Coyotes and something that we can kind of go deep into. I don't know how much the team trusts Carter Hutton. Like it almost feels like once like the floodgates open on him, like the team immediately starts playing worse because they're afraid of what's going to happen. Like, I don't think it's solely a goaltending issue. I think it's a it's confidence not. issue um, with just the entire team. And that's, like tough because that is really hard to fix. Because this was the same thing that happened on on the on the season opener against Columbus. It the is the moment the the moment that they just saw stuff go by Carter Hutton. It was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's just so much bad. Yeah, it, <laughs> and it it's like it's not like the Coyotes like were terrible throughout like the entire game. They looked fine, but. Like as soon as the um as the Blues scored, like they got stuck in their head for five minutes. I've been there, and like it all fell apart. And the first thirty minutes was really good. 
Yeah. Let's say that. The first 30 minutes, this team looked really good. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do think, like, a lot of people are coming out of this with, like, Carter Hutton, he let in eight goals in the fi- first game, five in the second. He's a terrible goaltender. And maybe. But, like, I do not think he is getting any support in front of him. So, no. like, we can't make that call just yet. Like, I feel like there's building evidence but i want to see like just the team playing completely before i like immediately throw like hunt into the wolves because it was just it was brutal it was so brutal like every time you look down and look back up the blues were scoring five goals in five minutes does not happen in the nhl not unless you are the uh, uh, the San Jose Sharks. I see my friends at Locked On Sharks here for tuning in. I know you guys you guys know that feeling. You guys are on the other side. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, unless you're like the Maple Leafs <laughs> playing the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. Third exactly. game into the season, you're not supposed to give up five goals in the second period. Exactly, exactly. Hey, we still got more to get to on recapping this game. Once again, this is the post-game show, Arizona Coyotes, of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Coyotes suffering a 7-4 to loss to St. Louis Blues in their home opener. We'll get to more of that conversation in just a second. First, I want to let you guys know that we are back and better than ever. A new web interface to start the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines more than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season head to our new updated desktop or mobile website sign up for a free account today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use that promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball including the nhl boxing and ufc right down to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait take advantage of all your favorite offers for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports Bet online, where the game starts. Let me ask you a question. Does this sound familiar to you? Uh, you've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy a device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so Carl, I think there were some other things to you know that we that we can pay attention to on this game. On um, yes, this is it's a bad loss, um, yes. but everyone's you know and everyone's telling us embrace the tank, embrace the tank, because guess what? Uh, we knew this was going to happen. That's what we said at the beginning. We knew the Kites were gonna, not going to be a good team, and we knew they were going to lose a lot of games. Yes. Um, this way, it, it hurts. It but, does. Uh, and, and we've brought this up after the first game. Uh, I said on the solo podcast, uh, and I think we've said it on uh, yesterday's, like the team's not supposed to lose a lot of 8-2 games or 6-4, no. or, 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 uh, 7-4, whatever it was. Like those aren't the games the team is supposed to be losing. Um, 
and that that's like a real issue i think right now the coyotes are running into these moments where they just cannot put things together and i do really think it is because this is a very young team that is unfamiliar with themselves like these guys have not played with each other before um except for like a few small cases um we have like the coyotes eight players who were on last season i'm not even gonna count victor soderstrom because he was only what three games and like maybe the four vancouver guys know each other well uh and that's really it like you shouldn't have like well we traded for a bunch of guys uh from the same team so maybe they have some chemistry that's not how this is supposed to work no it's not um and if you look at if you if you look at the at the uh, the scoring sheet you know your uh the four guys who scored for Arizona all players who they're, we're all pretty familiar with Clayton yeah. Keller Lawson Kraus uh Christian Fisher and Ilya Labushkin, like um, which was changed to Travis Boyd, but Labushkin uh, had was. the shot. Yeah, um, it was a great shot. Just kind of like went in off his body. It's not like he put like a stick on the ice or anything. Um, but yeah, no, like the the players who were with the Coyotes last year, who have history playing with each other, are playing the best right now. Um, and then like maybe Andrew Ladd is like the second best of like the Coyotes players. And that's just because hey, he's got a lot of motivation and, you know, he's just a really experienced player. He's slotting into the roster. Well, uh, like, I think when you look at like some of the other veterans, they're, they're trying their best, but it takes time to like really develop as a team. We don't normally see teams that are this exploded uh this level of turnover when i talk to people about the coyotes they're like you have nine players who are on the team last year and like yep and uh soderstrom doesn't really count uh so it's more like eight and they're like that's insane yeah it is insane and one other thing i'll even point out to you is um you know in 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 keeping the same thing of you know veteran doing doing the good work and or at least trying to do the good work and also, while embracing the tank at the same time, let's look at Phil Kessel, man. Three Kessel. assists tonight. Yeah, how many assists is that total? Four or five assists in the season in three games, uh, like four in three games. Um, there which was was great because I think he got his. Um, what was it in the second game? He got his pocket picked by, I think, uh, Vinny Hinnestroza. Like oh. it was a former coyote picked his pocket at the point. So it was either Hinnestros in the second game. Maybe I'm thinking of Domi in the first. Um, but like that was like a rough defensive moment. There was like, is Kessel even trying? Comes back with a like a solid game, three assists. Like, that's what we need from Phil Kessel. Oh, but not only that, but Let's 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 appreciate for a moment that second goal. I think the one that was to Lawson that Lawson Kraus got the tape yeah. the tape that was oh. beautiful, so beautiful. Like it's one of those goals where like you watch it, and if you're a person like us in the media, you look at it and you're like tic tac toe. That's the only yeah. way I'm going to be able to describe that goal. That is the only description. Like immediately, just so beautiful. You love watching it happen. 
and it and it does kind of show like what the team could potentially do. Like the system seems to be kind of okay. Like because uh, it reminded me a lot of like the Andrew Ladd goal from the second, which was also kind of like up from like the the goal line to um from Dzingle to Ladd right slot. Yeah, yeah. Like it it seems like the Coyotes like maybe have a plan and. Again, like what I was saying before, like if they start to play well together and like actually know where they're going to be, like I think we can expect a lot more of goals like that from like behind the goal line, like up to the slot, like a player finds himself like all alone. Um, and honestly, like the Coyotes willingness to crash the net is something that we haven't always seen. And I think that's one of the things, and I was, you know, I was listening to bits and pieces of the intermission reports from Bally Sports Arizona during the game. And I think that's kind of the, like, kind of the point that they were trying to make of this, yeah. I, this identity that, that Andre Torney is trying to build, uh, crashing the net, being a little more aggressive, getting in there. And that's an example of it right freaking there. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not exactly the same, but. Christian Fisher's goal, like he had to pick up his own rebound in front of the net, like the willingness to like just cut right in front of the goaltender and like get that second shot, like before you get like thrown to the ice by a defenseman who are like trying to clean up the area, like we we didn't see that last year, and I think if the Coyotes keep doing the hard work, they're gonna get results and. They just kind of need to find a way to put everything else together. Yeah. Um, remember last year when I think I, th- I think um, I would complain about how often they try to shoot from the face-off circle, like out outer yeah. face-off circle. And I'm like, I'm like, get to the net, <laughs> just do it. I mean, I th- I will say this: the thing that really like like made fans love uh, Connor Garland was the goal that he got from his forehead when he was like right in front of the net, redirected mm-hmm. the puck with his face, bled all over the ice. That's just a perfect like hockey moment. But it also showed that like he was willing to go into like the dirty areas, like the places where you're gonna get hurt to to like make that play. And I don't know what it was about the Coyotes and why they weren't doing it last year, if it was like the personnel or the system, because I do think that that is potentially an issue. We're seeing like a lot of the same guys playing differently, um, but whatever combination, like it's it's working. It's just not working consistently, and they're having these big like just breakdowns. Like if something goes wrong, they immediately start to struggle. Yeah, um, and that's and and that's what we're seeing all this season long, and then we'll see. Uh, if they can turn things around, we'll start taking a look a little bit forward, kind of the good little mini preview of what's to come later this week for the Arizona Coyotes. But first, I want to let you guys know today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure offer pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning as your Odyssey an LX or an EX while wait for the person behind the counter ordering the parts on their computer? Choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
So why save time and money using Rock Auto? So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you guys can go to Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I know one thing's for sure. Rock Auto is going to be one of the places I'm going to be checking up consistently over the next couple of weeks as I'm repairing my Mustang, which you guys know I got in a rear rear end accident. Um, So um, obviously most of it's going to be taken care of by insurance, but everything else I need, Rock Auto is going to be my place to go for all that need. And I want you guys to check it out YouTube too. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear this box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, so back here on Locked On Coyotes, Robin Leano, Carl Pavlik, breaking down Arizona Coyotes' 7-4 loss to the St. Louis Blues in their home opener. Um, now they have a few days off. They don't play until Thursday. Thursday. So, so we'll have, and I'll actually be there. I'll actually be there at Thursday's game. Um, we have, will, we'll have well. <laughs> there we go. We'll have a lot to break down as that, you know, as we get ready for that. And obviously, let's start just getting ready for slightly getting ready for that of what things we want to see. Let's maybe let's take it take a look at it this way. What do you want to see from today? Or yeah, most of you guys will be listening to this by the time this will be last night. Um, but what did you see from this game, Carl? That you like? Okay, I want to. I want that to be try to implement it against Edmonton because now we're going up against a slightly better team. Um, sure. Who's got a, you know, superstar Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I am kind of afraid that McDavid himself is going to make the team look terrible. Um, honestly, this game did give me a bit of hope. I think the Coyotes played up to the blues in a way that I was really hoping they were going to like, when you lose to the Blue Jackets and the Sabres your first two games, like you start to wonder if things are just going to be really bad. Because if you can't beat the bad teams, can you beat the good teams? Uh, haven't proven that we can yet, but I think they're getting better. The big thing I want to see is just like continued improvement on that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, I personally, yeah, I want to. I just want to see the chemistry build up. And you know what? I also want to see. Based off what we we're seeing earlier in this, um, you know, from later in the game on uh, on Monday now, and also on what we saw on Saturday, it's bringing in more Kirill Vejmelka. <laughs> yeah, um, one of the things this that was actually like um, I was reminded of reading Craig Morgan's article is we didn't see a lot of Vejmelka like during the preseason. But we saw him in the third period of the Vegas Golden Knights game where he stopped, I think, 25 shots in 20 minutes. Like, I I really don't know. Um, what I was kind of talking about uh, on the solo episode last week was if a player is, like, having a bad night, like, especially a goaltender, there is a benefit in just, like, throwing him right back in there you know, making sure they can't like stew in that kind of like loss. And I can see the coyotes doing that against the Oilers. We'll, we'll probably learn more in the next coming days, but 
I can see a logic in being like, we need to tighten up around this guy because he is going to be playing, what, at least 30 games, if not 50? Like, I don't know what the Coyotes' plans are for, for Hutton and Vejmelka. Like, I think they're going to throw Hutton back in there for uh, the Oilers and just kind of, like, train like they need to play well in front of him, like, for the next two days. Yep. Maybe, also, the cut and just maybe, and obviously we'll talk more about this next couple of days, the Coyotes' luck against, against Pacific Division teams continue. Yeah, it could be. Um, we don't know anything really about the Oilers they did really well in preseason but so are the Coyotes and we've kind of seen that that means nothing Mm -hmm. um they play the Anaheim Ducks for their uh first game of the season I think uh today um or did they open against the they opened against the Flames on Saturday oh they opened against the Flames on Saturday (sighs) NHL schedules are really difficult to determine what preseason games are or uh, maybe Vancouver. Yeah, it was the Vancouver uh, on the game on Wednesday. That's what it was. Yeah. Sorry, uh, we're live, and the <laughs> they played the Vancouver like twice during preseason, and then started the season against them. How can you tell the difference between a preseason and a regular <laughs> game that way? Um, so they've done pretty well. They've won their their. First uh, two games, um, they're going to be playing the Ducks today. Um, We don't know too much. Uh, They played in the All-Canadian division. And something that I was bringing up um, during the offseason when I wasn't officially a co-host yet was, I don't think most people watch the Canadian division unless you were Canadian. Yeah, or unless you were a fan of a Canadian team um, and had the NHL out-of-market package. Yeah. Like, which a lot of people had. I had an HL TV, but like, uh, was I watching the Oilers? No, because I like I had a, I have a friend who's an Oilers fan, and I'll tell I'll tell her like I'll tell her every time like, oh, how are the Oilers doing? I haven't been watching them, and she would always give me the update as best she could, even though they'd be paying attention to Vegas more because, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just like the the nature of the divisions, how they were so self contained, like. I don't think a lot of people were watching other games. Um, and, and that really seems to have translated where like, there's a lot of unknown quantities with the Oilers. There's a lot of unknown quantities with like the East coast teams. Um, and it'll be kind of interesting to see. Um, eventually the Coyotes are going to need to win a game. They're not going to be a zero 81 and one team. They'll no. win one. Um, and it could be something like, like you said, like a Pacific Division rival. I um, let me say this um, as we're coming to an end. It seemed like the rivalry with the Blues carried over into this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, game. it was a very physical game. Like the Coyotes didn't quit being down seven or six two. Like that's kind of like the intensity I want to see from this team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, because like, I mean, especially too when it got up to six to four when uh, on that fourth, I was, I was like, I was like, guys, don't call it the comeback. I, I, I was joking too. I knew it wasn't gonna happen, but like, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, but I they mean, kept it competitive, and it was a good, and it was a. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the score sheet looks pretty bad, but like, 
You know, yeah. they made it interesting. Made it a rivalry game. Yeah. And, and like it's a new Central Division rival. It's a team that the Coyotes have history with. They played a, a quasi series against them last year, and we always mm-hmm. say like that series build rivalries. Normally, we're talking about playoff series when they actually matter, but just like putting a team against one another for seven straight games, they're gonna hate each other by the end. And not I to think- mention. Not to mention Clayton Keller being a St. Louis kid. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that Keller is just continuing to beat up on his hometown team. Like <laughs> that is like a level a level of just like flexing on your home that I don't appreciate because I left Buffalo and I was just like, oh, I'm fine. I, I'm, I'm better off. It's good. Like Keller is like, I left- no, I want to make you pay hometown. Yeah. There's an yeah, I left- there. For me, I left San Jose and I'm like, you're too, too expensive. I, <laughs> I, I can't deal with that. <laughs> yes. Uh, too cold. Uh, I prefer no snow every day. I- of the winter. Okay, isn't that why you live in Arizona? That is why I live in Arizona. <laughs> I do not have my heat or my AC on right now. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I went for a five-mile hike this morning because I took the day off of work. It's so good. You could not pay me to move back to Buffalo, but I am not Clayton Keller. Uh, I'm not going to show up big against Buffalo. I don't have anything to prove. He does, and, Mm -hmm. like, I love him for it. Uh, I also just kind of want the Blues to acquire him just so they don't have to play against him. Could you see the Blues sending a first-round pick to the Coyotes to acquire Clayton Keller just so they don't have to play against him next season? Not to him, just so the Kaiders can get what is that? Not what, what did that make it? Nine picks in the first two rounds of next year's draft. Yeah, yeah, Wouldn't that be amazing. I uh, mean, let, let's be honest. He was on a twenty goal pace last season. He didn't make it because the the season was shortened. He is like a workhorse. I don't think he's missed an NHL game yet, and he's already got two goals and an assist already. I think Clayton Keller is going to have a, a decent year this year. Let's just say draft stock. Keller is getting is moving up. Kessel's yeah. moving up. These people <laughs> that you want to prevent that that the, if the Coyotes are focusing on the rebuild, which they've talked about, they talked about on the um, on Valley Sports Arizona during the broadcast. They asked they asked both Andre Tornay and Bill Armstrong about the rebuild, and they were. They didn't hide behind it. They knew about the draft picks and everything like that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're just moving those assets. And I mean, if Keller is a high enough asset, come close to the trade deadline, you move that asset. Yeah. You either move Keller or, I mean, honestly, like if he's going to be a consistent 20 goal guy, keep him around for the rebuild, like have some kind of like a, a consistent offense, like, I think I don't I never thought Keller's contract was horrible. Uh, I always thought that he was going to like probably like his third he's year a in. He's overpaid, but Yeah. He's a little overpaid, 
but he's still really young. And I think, but like eventually he's going to be worth that. Like it's going to be like a couple yeah. years of him being overpaid, a couple years of him being underpaid, maybe like a year of him being overpaid again, depending on how his <laughs> career goes. But like, I, I think that's like a very serviceable contract. And I would love for him to just like be like, a, a pillar through the rebuild. I'd love for him to be another Jacob Chikrin, where it's just a guy where it's like, yeah, we have Clayton Keller. He's going to put up 20 goals. He's going to put up, you know, 55 to 75 points. Like, I'm fine with this contract at that. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good way. That's a good way of putting it, too. You know, I, especially because, you know, obviously, when you think of faces of the franchise, you know, you can even say, all right, I want a cornerstone player, one on offense, one on defense. Yeah. If you can make Keller your cornerstone offensive player, check in your cornerstone defensive player. That's a really good way to build your team around people. And then um, um, um and it, Prosvetov and Net. And you got like And Prosvetov and Net. And that's your and those are your those those are your those are your three cornerstones right there. And that just sets up the future of the Coyotes. And obviously I said trade Keller if the asset is high enough that like you can get something really really good back if it's like high enough that like if it's high to a point where like people still want to trade but it's not worth the value keep him yeah like especially if he's like if he's found a way to be this player like and i think he is he's more shoot first this year um which is great and i think part of that is because he just doesn't have the offense around him so he has to do it all himself but mm -hmm. i'm fine with him like being a little bit selfish like i i was looking forward to that like maybe last year um we're, we're coming up on an end but there was a, a play by Ilya labushkin uh during the buffalo game and i was just like labushkin you gotta take that shot i know that you don't want to take that shot you'd rather pass to connor timmons he's got a much better shot i don't want you to take that shot but you gotta take that shot and clayton keller he's got a good shot and he is taking it now because he knows that there's no one else is going to take it and he's got to do it himself. And like, I appreciate that. Give me 82 games of that Clayton Keller. If we can get 82 games of that Clayton Keller. Yeah. We will like, like even if the Coyotes lose like a the majority of the games, which they will. Yeah. Clayton Keller's performance like that will make things exciting. And that's again, that's the good thing. An entertaining product in the ice, something like Clayton Keller, something like that. They keep putting people butts in seats. You're just like, you know what? This is going to keep me. This is going to keep me coming. Yeah. The Coyotes lost seven to four to a division rival. It is honestly like the most like anticipated. I think that either of us has been about the future of the team. Like that's just what this year is going to be. There's going to be losses, but you need to have something that makes people exciting. The play of Clayton Kelly, the play of like the, the previous Coyotes and just like the general, like the good thirty minutes at least that the team had this this game is is enough to make fans excited, and um, I want more. And we're gonna get more soon, so let's see if they can keep doing things. Absolutely, we will get ready for the Edmonton Oilers game even more in the next coming days. And once again, a reminder that um, Carl and I will both be at the game in different capacities, for that matter. But we'll be—we'll both be at the game. Um, so uh, maybe I can uh, go and interact with some of you guys. You know, be outside here at the Arena and say hello to some of you guys because I know that is some fun stuff. I love doing that. But 
That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, leave a comment, leave a like. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Thanks for those who tuned into our live stream of the uh, post-game live show. We're going to try to do this for, I don't know, what do you think, division games? Um, When we're able, we'll, we'll try or, to do division. Or high-profile pro- high games during the week. Yeah, um, you know, definitely not uh, this Thursday because we're both be at the game. But yeah, we'll still do something though. Um, we yeah. still got to do it on an episode, anyways. But <laughs> yeah, there's like we're three games into the year. We still got to plan things, but there'll be more of this coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but once again, also don't forget to subscribe if you've yet to already and interact with us on social media. We are at LO underscore Kyrie's. I'm personally at Rob one Carl Pavlik at Carl Pavlik FFH. Interact with us, ask us a question, and we can answer questions right away or on a future episode of the Locked On Kyrie's podcast. Anyways, thanks again to everyone who tuned in to the live stream and who listened to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.